Rooster. Rooster for your morning. All the news you need to know. It's the WABC Early News on 77 WABC. Well, Omicron and the flu are hitting New York City very hard. We'll tell you all about it. Crippling staffing shortages are reported. Hardest hit New York City's finest and New York City's bravest. Well, if the 2024 presidential election were held today, guess who wins? Yes, it's Donald Trump. Trump over Biden, according to a new poll. Well, Theranos founder Elizabeth Holmes found guilty of four out of five counts in her fraud trial out in San Jose. Now, Holmes could face decades in prison. Oh, more travel woes. And this time it was a double whammy for travelers. A combination of uh, winter storms, including out in New Jersey, COVID-related staffing shortages. We'll give you the numbers. And crime also up again right here in the Big Apple for 2021. All major crime categories seeing spikes in crime. All but one. We'll tell you which one. All right. Thousands out sick here in New York City and all across the nation, of course, due to the Omicron variant, COVID-19 variant. Now, Sickouts are reported all across the board. Transportation, emergency services here in New York, you know, places like firefighters, cops, retailers, all affected. Now, 14% of the NYPD is out due to the COVID variant, and that amounts to nearly 5,000 New York City cops out out of 35,000 on the force in the long line of blue. Now, 30% of the FDNY is reported out sick. Now, breaking that down, it amounts to some 4,200 EMS workers. Of course, the FDNY, a combination of EMS workers and firefighters, 18% of its 11,000 firefighters calling out sick due to Omicron and perhaps the flu, too. So the New York Post reporting that almost 2,000 cops have COVID. Some 3,000 have flu-like symptoms tackling this whole issue. New York's governor is Kathy Hochul. These numbers are rather shocking that when you think about where we are, but as we have to remind everyone, this is not the first strain of COVID-19. It is not the Delta variant. People are testing positive, which is a much higher rate. All right. So Hochul uh, tackling the issue yesterday and over the past week, New York City health officials confirmed nearly 27,000 new infections. You've seen all of those long lines of the testing sites across New York City. And now 34 percent of those people waiting in those long lines that are getting tested are actually testing positive for COVID. So that's nearly one out of three people as this virus spreads rapidly. You might remember New York State changed its isolation guidance about two weeks ago in accordance with the new CDC guidelines to allow fully vaccinated workers to quarantine for just five days now instead of 10. It's also an effort to try and save the economy. It's a bid to avoid entire industries having to be wiped out and shut down as Omicron surges. Well, if the presidential election were held today, guess who wins? There's a new poll out this morning. It is Trump over Biden. This new poll finds if the presidential election were held today, yeah, Donald Trump beats Joe Biden. This comes on top of sinking approval ratings for POTUS, too. There's a new Real Clear Politics poll out now. It finds Trump leading Biden by 4.8 percentage points in this hypothetical matchup. About 46% of voters told Real Clear Politics they'd vote for Trump 
41.2% said they'd back Biden for a second term. Now, there's been no clear announcement just yet from Trump if he'll run for the White House in 2024. And Biden and his aides have repeatedly claimed the 79-year-old president now plans to run again in 2024. But there's been no official announcement from Biden. He'd be 86 if he completed his second term. So real worries about his age and, of course, his cognitive abilities as well. Well, guilty, a jury found Theranos founder Elizabeth Holmes guilty of four out of five counts in her fraud trial out in San Jose, California yesterday. Following a couple of days of deliberations, they broke for the uh, holiday break. Now, Holmes could spend decades in prison. She faces a maximum sentence of 20 years on each of the four counts. The sentences are likely to be served concurrently. Holmes duped investors and patients, amassing a fortune of $4.5 billion on paper. What she had claimed was that her blood testing technology company was a medical breakthrough, and instead, it was prone to wild errors. She raised more than $945 million from a list of renowned investors, people like Rupert Murdoch and Larry Ellison. Um, on Monday, more travel misery, more pain for travelers. Monday, this time, a double whammy for those heading home from the holidays it was due to a combination of winter snowstorms and COVID-19 related staffing shortages, resulting in over 2,100 flights being canceled, over 2,000 flights delayed Monday. Now, hardest hit if you had reservations for Southwest, you may have been uh, one of the people experiencing this airline seeing 481 cancellations another 477 flights were delayed now sky west which operates to more than 200 american cities on behalf of delta united american eagle and alaska canceling some 271 flights yesterday All right, WABC News time is 5.06. So uh, passengers talking about all these delays yesterday and all that flight misery, we'll have that. Let's uh, check traffic. Alternate side of the street, parking rules are back in effect today. Cross Bronx Westman on the Alexander Hamilton Bridge. A stall tractor trailer has the center lane block. You're backed up from Jerome Avenue. Road work in Queens on the Van White southbound through Hillside Avenue. Two lanes are out. Inbound George Lincoln or Holland, five minutes apiece. Road work has the Verrazano Bridge lower level closed in both directions. No issues on the Garden State Parkway or the New York State Thruway. I'm Susie Cerrone on Talk Radio 77 WABC. All right, Susie Cerrone, thank you for that. So we were talking about all of this uh, passenger misery yesterday due to all these flight delays. It's a combination of things like winter storms and COVID-related staffing shortages for the airlines. And uh, this passenger weighs in talking about canceled flight delays. We had a huge snowstorm and... Oh my goodness, they canceled the flight because they were scared that we wouldn't be able to like take off. All right, and adding to this misery, pilots and flight attendants are calling in sick due to positive COVID tests. Now, the United States is predicted to reach a peak in cases by next week, January 9th, and that would see between 2.5 million to 5.4 million new cases a week. All right, as you can imagine, crime is up. We've heard so much about it here in New York City during the past year, and now the crime stats show it in the Big Apple. Crime, as a matter of fact, has not risen in New York City to this level in five 
five years. There's new data out for 2021. And what it shows is that there are spikes in almost every single major crime category. Now, that includes murder, rape, robbery, felony assault, burglary, grand larceny and grand larceny auto. These major crime categories are topping 100,000 incidents for the first time since 2016. Also, felony assaults surpassed 22,000 incidents for the first time since 2001. Felony assaults, 22,000 incidents for the first time since 2021. Now, that represents a 9.8% jump from 2020. Murders up to 486 murders in 2021 in New York City in the five boroughs. That compares to 468 in 2020. Now, New York City's mayor, Eric Adams, of course, a former cop, promises to reverse the trend of these spiking crime stats. Adams on ABC's This Week on Sunday. The balance is not just heavy-handed policing. It's public safety and justice. What we do uh, long-term and what we do right now, we're going to go after gangs. We're going to take down some of the large gangs in our city. Whenever you see a shooting take place, look at the next line, gang-related. All right, so Adams has told his new police administration, which is, of course, led by new top cop, Keechant Sewell, taking over for Derma Shea to create a blueprint for policing in other major cities. So he wants New York City's model here to be successful and to be also followed by other major cities throughout the U.S. So the only major category that actually showed a decline in these new stats, burglary, which decreased 18 percent from 2020 to 2021. However, it was still up 17 percent compared to pre-pandemic figures from 2019. All right, taking a look at your forecast from the Ramsey Mazda Weather Center. We'll have a sunny day today. No snow in sight. Our high, 36. Increase in clouds overnight. The low right at the freezing mark, 32. And right now, temperatures in the 20s, so bundle up. It is cold out there if you're heading out the door. Well, this one may warm conservatives on this cold day. Guess who is stepping down at the end of this congressional session after nearly two decades in Democratic leadership? Well, yes, it is none other, you may have guessed it, than House Speaker Nancy Pelosi out of California. So that, of course, brings to mind who is likely to fill Pelosi's shoes. Well, the party favorite is reportedly Representative Hakeem Jeffries. Jeffries, of course, out of New York. He is right now the chair of the House Democratic Caucus. But he's not a shoo-in for Pelosi's position. Pelosi's exit could lead to a deep divide and arguments between progressives and moderates in Congress. So Democrats, of course, trying to figure out for now just how to counter the GOP as they brace for the possibility of serious losses in the midterm elections. Well, as we know, COVID-19 affecting schools nationwide, it is a combination of things. The spread of this highly contagious Omicron variant, along with things like labor and testing shortages, causing disruptions, too. There are school districts throughout the nation, uh, Detroit, Milwaukee, Cleveland, and, and actually right here locally, Newark, New Jersey, all among those announcing that their schools are among those actually switching to remote learning. And it'll be for periods lasting from a few days to several weeks as the Omicron variant surges. Dr. Mark Siegel weighing in on this on Fox News. I think that schools and universities have to set a precedent here and and, and go out front and say we're going to be open because we can do testing, rapid testing on the premises. We can we can make sure most people there are vaccinated or have boosters and we can monitor this. 
So these building closures at schools appear to be concentrated in regions such as the Northeast and Upper Midwest. And that, of course, as you know, is where Democratic policymakers and powerful teachers unions have taken a more cautious approach to operating schools throughout the pandemic. Well, there is more backlash for President Joe Biden, and this time it's all over the FDA's booster approval process. Now, the FDA, you might remember, recommended boosters for kids, believe it or not, without convening a panel of advisors to weigh in on the matter. And an advisory committee had voted against giving the Pfizer COVID-19 booster shots to most people back in September. Now, instead, the committee voted to limit boosters to those age 65 and older and for people at high risk due to things like medical conditions and severe illnesses. However, the FDA in November approved the Pfizer and Moderna vaccine boosters for everybody 18 and older without input from the advisory committee. So this controversy over boosters prompted resignations from two FTA officials, the director of the FTA's Office of Vaccines Research and Review, that's Marion Gruber, and its deputy director, Phil Krauss. They issued scathing criticism in The Lancet. That was published November 13th. And joining in, Dr. Paul Offit. He's the director of the Vaccine Education Center at Children's Hospital of Philly. He questioned a third booster for people 16 years of age and older without evidence of its value compared to an elderly person. The FDA approved the Pfizer COVID-19 vaccine booster for 16 and 17-year-olds last month and broadened eligibility Monday for the 12 to 15-year-old age group. As you know, if you've uh, headed out to the grocery store lately, maybe ordering groceries online, grocery prices are soaring. President Biden Monday announced yet another crackdown. It takes target and aim at the meat processing industry. The idea here to spur more competition and possibly lower prices. Biden announcing the administration will spend a billion dollars to expand the capacity for independent meat processors. The big companies are making massive profits. While their profits go up, the prices you see at the grocery stores go up commensurate. The prices farmers receive for the products they are bringing to market go down. This reflects the market being distorted by lack of competition. So these monies are coming out of the American Rescue Plan Fund. And uh, and four large companies control 85 percent of the beef market. And there are also only four processing firms that control 54 percent of the poultry market. Part of the reasons why for the big uh, lack of competition and jump in prices, four firms control 70 percent of the pork market. So this new plan will provide grants to places like independent processors to increase competition, uh, work with lenders to make more capital available for independent processors to and back private lenders that invest in independently owned food processing and distribution companies. All right. WABC News time is 5.15. Let's get a check on the sports world and what's happening. Well, good morning, Justin Alec. What's going on? Deb, thank you. Uh, thank you very much, Deb. Good morning. Happy Tuesday. I am Justin Alec here with your early news sports update. Week 17 of NFL football closed out last night between the 7-8 and eight Cleveland Browns and the 7-7-1 seven, seven and one Pittsburgh Steelers in the Steel City. In what was likely his final home game at Heinz Field, Big Ben Roethlisberger helped keep the Steelers' playoff hopes alive as he led them to a 26-14 win against Baker Mayfield and the underwhelming Browns this season. Looking forward to next weekend and the final regular season week of NFL football here in New York. The Giants are set to host the Washington football team at MetLife, and the Jets will be in Buffalo to close out the season against the Bills. 
Now, former Tampa Bay Buccaneer Antonio Brown is apparently extending his stay in New York City as he was seen courtside last night in Brooklyn to watch John Morant and the Memphis Grizzlies edge out the Nets 118-104. to Morant led all scoring with 36 points on 14 of 22 from the field. It is still uh, unforeseen whether or not Antonio Brown will return to Florida or if he's planning on staying in New yeah, York. Yeah, I know. After his big meltdown on Sunday in the game against the Jets, you know, where he ran out into the field, he took his jersey off, threw it into the stand. The and, whole thing. You know, I know the Bucks coach said, okay, he's done, but there's some question as to whether or not he actually is done or not. Well, I mean, I'm sure there's some, you know, c- contractual stuff they have to deal with. Yeah. And, and I'm officially releasing him. But, yeah, he's not going to play another game for the Tampa Bay Bucks. And, of course, the NFL could bring down some disciplinary action or fines and that kind of I'm stuff. I'm sure too. they will. Yeah. I'm sure they will very, very soon. All things soon. under review. So we'll see in the next couple of days how that situation pans out. Uh, on with basketball, the Knickerbockers were uh, off last night, but will be at home at MSG tonight to battle the Indiana Pacers. That tip-off is scheduled for 7.30 p.m. Eastern Time. Over to the ice where the Rangers skated with the Edmonton Oilers last night. The Blue Shirts continue to roll as they handed the Oilers their fourth straight loss with a 4-1 to win at home. The Rags will be in Las Vegas on Thursday night to face off against the Golden Knights. The Devils of New Jersey took a breather last night but are set to return to action against the Bruins in Boston tonight. That game is locked in for a 7 p.m. start time. A precarious situation in Long Island as the Islanders are in the midst of a nearly two-week-long hiatus with three of their next four games against Canadian opponents. The Isles won't play again until next Thursday due to Canadian COVID regulations. They'll make the short trip to New Jersey to take on the Devils when that time comes. That's your Illinois Sports Update, and I'm Justin Ellick on 77 WABC. All right, Justin Ellick, let's uh, get a check on the roads and the rails. Well, better news. It looks like the stall tractor trailer on the Cross Bronx West and on the Alexander Hamilton Bridge is gone. Still sluggish from Jerome Avenue. Alternate side is in effect. Road work continues in Queens on the Van Wyck Southbound through Hillside Avenue. Two lanes out till further notice. Verrazano Bridge, lower level in both directions, shut down with overnight road work. Five minutes at the George Lincoln or Holland, making your way into the city. No issues on the Garden State Parkway, 78 or the New York State Thruway. I'm Susie Cerrone on Talk Radio 77 WABC. All right, Deb Valentine with your early news. And now in the house, Frank Diaz, he's got his mask on after you uh, survived COVID last week. Yeah, you know. You I, feeling uh, good? I feel fine. I, I think I had symptoms for like a day and a half, and uh, I'm good. I just, you know, being respectful of the rules, you know, wearing my mask unless I'm like talking on the microphone. But all right. Business. So let's yeah, let's get to your business and your wallets because I know mine shrunk. Uh, U.S. stock futures were higher in the early morning trading on borrow, Tuesday. Do you need to borrow some money? No, no, I'm no, good. Okay. Thank you. On Tuesday, after the Dow Jones Industrial Average and S and P 500 notched new record closes on the first trading day of this year, Dow futures rose 53 points. S and P 500 futures gained 0.22 percent, and Nasdaq 100 futures rose 0.32 percent. On Monday, the major averages rose, lifted by the technology sector. The Dow Jones Industrial Average added 246 points. To close at a record, the S&P 500 also registered a gain, climbing 0.6% to close at an all-time high. The Nasdaq Composite was the relative outperformer, gaining 1.2% as Meta platforms, Amazon, and Google Parent Alphabet all closed in the green. Well, Apple is breaking barriers like it normally does. Apple Monday became the first company in the world to be worth more than $3 trillion. To put it in that context, if Apple were a country, it'd be the fifth largest economy in the world, trailing Germany, 
but ahead of the UK. Apple's market capitalization first touched $1 trillion in August of 2018 and passed $2 trillion two years later in August 2020. It took just 16 months for the iPhone maker to add another trillion dollars to its market value. The stock posted impressive gains of more than 40% over the past year, outpacing the broader market, which has gained around 29% over the same time frame. The company's shares hit $182.86 to reach the milestone in midday trading on Monday. At the end of the trading day, shares had receded to $182 and just a penny. Well, the average price of a used car in the U.S. has soared to unprecedented heights in the past year, spurred by COVID-related carmaker closures and a global shortage of microchips needed to hawk the pre-owned heaps. I mean, I have a lease, so I think I'm good for a little while. Data compiled by the car inventory company Edmonds shows that as of November, the price of a used vehicle in the States was just over $29,000, a dizzying 39% more than the average cost of roughly $20,000 just 12 months ago. The increase, experts say, can be attributed to the widespread closures carmakers faced during the height of the pandemic. Meanwhile, as usual, Tesla unaffected by the crisis after CEO Elon Musk fought to keep his production factories open amid the pandemic, and he announced Sunday that it had delivered nearly a million vehicles this year, or last year, I should say, capping an 87% increase from the year before. Wow. Musk up 87% and the cost of used vehicles up 39%. Unbelievable. Everybody is saying, of course, you can't find a used car. Wow. Everybody has deals now, so it's like, you know, you get a, a decent lease with no money down or something. I don't know. I mean, we'll see. Mine is up in July, so we'll have to start shopping, I think. Oh, yeah. All right. Well, good luck with that. All right. Manhattan DA, believe it or not, has dropped. Yes, they have dropped a probe into disgrace. Former Governor Andrew Cuomo, you know, of course, he resigned back in August after State Attorney General Letitia James issued that scathing report finding he had sexually abused some 11 women. So now uh, this uh, probe from the Manhattan DA's office surrounded allegations that the former Democratic governor mishandled nursing homes during the initial coronavirus outbreak. We've heard so much about it. The Manhattan prosecutor's office, of course, now headed by DA Alvin Bragg, declined comment on this. The probe was actually initiated by ex-DA Cyrus Vance Jr. Now, you know, Vance's uh, term ended New Year's Eve, and it was under Vance that the investigation Investigation was quashed last Thursday. And, uh, you know, you've heard so much about it, including here on 77 WABC, that the disgraced ex-governor has faced fierce criticism for a March 25th, 2020 directive by his health department. And, of course, that directive ordered nursing homes to admit infected patients being discharged from hospitals despite the facility's vulnerable populations, leading to more cases and uh, independence Reports claim the policy, of course, caused more deaths at the nursing homes. Well, we have a New Year's promise from New York City's new mayor, Eric Adams. What Adams has said is that he plans to bring some swagger back to the Big Apple. Now, on day three as mayor, Adams declared on Monday he will bring swagger back to the Big Apple that was missing during the COVID-19 pandemic under former Mayor Bill de Blasio. I'm going to tell you what's going to happen day to day. We are staying open. We're going to, to do everything that we have to do to keep our schools open. And I know there's questions about staffing. I know there's questions about testing. There's a lot of questions. But we're going to turn those question marks into an exclamation point. We're staying open. 
All right. So Adams wants to keep the schools open, the public schools open with increased testing. And because of the economy, he wants to keep things rolling here in New York. So as part of his promise to bring swagger back, Adams also gave a shout out to places like New York City's banks, other big employers here in the city to bring their employees back to the city. He has pledged not to close public schools and students now who are learning alongside COVID-19 positive classmates. They can actually stay in school if they test negative using scaled-up at-home testing. The plan went into effect Monday, actually. And uh, Adams has also said City Hall has doled out more than 1.5 million rapid tests to schools throughout the five boroughs. Well, New York's Governor Kathy Hochul is proposing the so-called Cuomo rule. Listen to this. Her proposed Cuomo rule would actually ban statewide elected officials, including herself, from being able to earn outside income. So this comes in the wake of disgraced ex-governor Andrew Cuomo's pocketing 5.1 million bucks on that book deal that he had, his bestseller American Crisis, about COVID, for which he won an Emmy. Now, if passed, the Cuomo rule would apply to Hochul. It would also apply to the uh, lieutenant governor, the state attorney general, and the state comptroller. And the uh, income ban, though, would have one exemption. That would be for lawmakers serving in things like academic positions who got prior approval from the state ethics board. So this new rule, though, would require an amendment to New York's Constitution. So would it pass or not? And uh, as would another new Hochul proposal that would set limits of two consecutive terms for statewide elected officials. Well, a group of New York City teachers has sued to force remote learning, something a lot of parents don't want to hear about. This group of unionized New York City public school teachers actually went behind the back of New York City's new mayor, Eric Adams. Adams has vowed, of course, as you just heard, to keep public schools open despite surging Omicron cases. Now, what happened was the teachers' lawsuit, which was filed in Manhattan Supreme Court Thursday, is uh, by 11 teachers, members of the Union Caucus, UFT Solidarity. Now, they petitioned for remote learning through January 18th. Reason being, they say, to give students and staff the opportunity to get tested for the virus and receive test results. The DOT spokesperson, Katie O'Hanlon, weighed in on this. She called the case meritless and also doubled down on the choice to keep schools open. The suit just days before classes resumed on Monday with increased testing following the winter break. Well, apparently a dollar short and a day late. On Sunday, President Joe Biden unveiled his plan for combating the Omicron spike which has been with us for weeks now. His plan includes things like guidance for booster shots for all adults. The president's plan includes paid time off, promises of free at-home tests, more restrictive travel protocols, mask mandates, wider vaccination vaccination distribution, and vaccine outreach, too. So political and business leaders are resisting new lockdown measures, of course, partially to keep the economy rolling. New York City Mayor Eric Adams wants to keep things moving here in the city. We place test kits in every school in the Department of Education. So when the teachers and staff and principals return, they had to test kits on the ground. Seamless coordination of how city agencies are supposed to come together to do what I say all the time, what my administration is going to be known for, GSD, get stuff done. All right. The U.S. now averaging over 413,000 new cases just in the past seven days. 527 here at 77 WABC. Let's get a check on the roads and the rails. 
Well, the stalled tractor trailer on the Cross Bronx West and on the Alexander Hamilton Bridge cleared from the center lane, but it's still slow from before Jerome Avenue. Alternate side of the street parking rules back in effect today. Five minutes at the George Lincoln or Holland heading into the city. No issues on the LIE through Queens. Verrazano Bridge lower level closed in both directions, still with overnight road work. No issues on the Garden State Parkway looking good on the New York State Thruway. I'm Susie Cerrone on Talk Radio 77 WABC. All right, thanks, Susie, and your forecast. From the Ramsey Mazda Weather Center, calling for sunshine today. Our highs 36. Some increase in clouds overnight. The low right at the freezing mark of 32. Our temps right now in the low 20s. So bundle up. Deb Valentine in with the early news. We'll have more news, more sports, more business, more traffic, more weather right after the break. Entertaining and informative. It's the WABC Early News on 77 WABC. All right, 530 here at 77 WABC. Deb Valentine in with your early news. Justin Illick will be along with sports. And Frank Diaz will be along with your morning business report, too. And, of course, we have traffic as well and weather. Of course, we all know uh, about all the uh, trials and uh, tribulations surrounding the late Jeffrey Epstein. Well, now those two New York City jail guards who allegedly slept through Jeffrey Epstein's suicide are officially off the hook. Now, some people, you know, a lot of the conspiracy theorists even believe that Epstein might still be alive or that he was even killed. But uh, what the latest is, is that a judge has now signed off on a non-prosecution agreement. That happened Monday for guards Tova Noel and Michael Thomas. So these guards are reaching a deal with prosecutors last May to serve 100 hours of community service over six months. The U.S. District Judge in this is Annalisa Torres, so she officially dismissed the case against those two guards on Monday after the pair completed the terms of that community service agreement. Epstein, of course, you might remember, arrested back in July of 2019 on federal sex trafficking charges after he got off of a plane at Teterboro Airport in New Jersey. He was put on suicide watch two weeks later after he was found in his jail cell with a strip of bed sheets around his neck. And uh, a New York City medical examiner later ruled that on August 10th, Epstein committed suicide by hanging. And uh, Tova and Noel were just 15 feet away from Epstein's jail cell at the Metropolitan Detention Center. They were browsing the Internet and sleeping instead of making their rounds every half hour as they were supposed to. Well, guess who is resigning from Congress? An announcement on Monday from Representative Devin Nunes. So his resignation comes weeks after he has announced his intention to leave. It's to head up former President Donald Trump's new social media company, Trump Media and Technology Group. During a House session, Nunes's resignation letter to House Speaker Nancy Pelosi was read aloud from the chamber floor by a clerk. Here it is. I write to inform you that I have notified California Governor Gavin Newsom of my resignation from the U.S. House of Representatives effective today at 11.59 p.m., It has been the honor of my life to represent the people of California's San Joaquin Valley for the last 19 years. Please let me know how I can be of help during this transition. Signed sincerely, Devin Nunez, Member of Congress. All right. So with the midterm elections coming up this year, Nunez departure leaves the House with 433 members, 221 Dems and 212 Republicans. And uh, Trump called Nunes a fighter and a leader who will make an excellent CEO of his new group, TMTG, the Trump Media and Technology 
group. Well, DailyMail.com reporting that Donald Trump Jr. and Kimberly Guilfoyle are engaged. They're hitched. The former president's son actually popped that question back on New Year's Eve 2020. The couple has been keeping their engagement under wraps for a year now. They plan on living in uh, Jupiter, Florida, actually. Uh, Guilfoyle has offloaded her apartment here in Manhattan for about uh, $4.4 million bucks. Well, uh, here are your top five at 530 after we got a few uh, extra stories in for you. Omicron and the flu are hitting hard here in New York City. There are crippling staffing shortages reported. We'll tell you about it. And if the 2024 presidential election, presidential election were held today, guess who wins? Yes, Donald Trump. Trump over Biden, according to a new poll. Theranos founder Elizabeth Holmes has been found guilty of four out of five counts in her fraud trial out in San Jose. She faces decades in prison. We've got more travel woes Monday. Double whammy for commuters who now face not only winter snowstorms, but COVID-related staffing shortages and crime up again in the Big Apple for 2021. All major crime categories saw spikes, but just one. So Omicron and the flu hitting hard here in New York City. Thousands out sick. 14% of the NYPD out because of the Omicron variant. In some cases, of the flu, too. So nearly 5,000 cops out out of 35,000. 30% of the FGNY out. The New York Post reporting almost 2,000 cops have COVID, some 3,000 flu-like symptoms. Here's Governor Hochul. These numbers are rather shocking that when you think about where we are, but as we have to remind everyone, this is not the first strain of COVID-19. It is not the Delta variant. People are testing positive, which is a much higher rate. Yeah, so people are testing positive at a much higher rate. We've all seen those long, long lines outside of places like the uh, mobile COVID testing vans and, and City MD. So over the past week, health officials here in New York confirmed that nearly 27,000 new infections in the past week. Now that is 34%. So almost one in three people of those getting tested are positive for COVID. Now, if the presidential election were held today, guess who wins? Donald Trump. Trump beats Biden. This comes, of course, on top of sinking approval ratings for POTUS. This is according to a new Real Clear Politics poll. It finds Trump leading Biden by 4.8 percentage points. So about 46% of voters told Real Clear Politics they'd vote for Trump. 41.2% said they'd back a second Biden term. Of course, there's been no clear announcement from Donald Trump if he'll run again for the White House in 2020. 24 and Biden, of course, would be 86 years old if he completed his second term. He's made no announcement officially about planning to run. Aljori yesterday found a Theranos founder Elizabeth Holmes guilty of four out of five counts in her fraud trial out in San Jose. She could spend decades in prison now. She faces a maximum of 20 years on each of the four counts, though sentences likely to be served concurrently. She duped investors and patients, amassing a fortune of $4.5 billion on paper. You might remember her blood testing technology company claiming it was a medical breakthrough. It was instead prone to wild errors, and she had raised more than $945 million from a list of renowned investors, including people like Rupert Murdoch and Larry Ellison.
A lot of travel misery on Monday compounded for travelers. It was a double whammy, a combination of winter snowstorms and COVID-related staffing shortages. Over 2,100 flights canceled, more than 2,000 delayed, and hardest hit was Southwest. The airline experienced 481 cancellations, another 477 flights delayed. Hopefully you weren't one of those people stuck at an airport. And SkyWest, which operates to more than 200 American cities, on behalf of Delta, United, American Eagle, and Alaska, canceled 271 flights. We had a huge snowstorm, and oh my goodness, they canceled the flight because they were scared that we wouldn't be able to like take off. All right, 537 here at 77 WABC. Let's get a check on the roads and the rails. In Queens, overnight road work we had on the Van Wyck southbound has been cleared. Alternate side of the street, parking rules in effect, good to go for now at least. On the Cross Bronx, westbound from the Bronx River Parkway to the outbound George. Inbound George, Lincoln or Holland, five minutes heading into the city. Quite along 78, Route 80, no issues on the Garden State Parkway. Thruway traffic clear north and southbound between Westchester and Rockland County. I'm Susie Cerrone on Talk Radio 77 WABC. All right, thanks, Susie. And taking a look at your weather forecast, sunshine today are high near 36. The overnight low right at the freezing mark, 32, some increase in clouds. Overnight bundle up. It is chilly out there this morning. And uh, we were telling you about all those airport delays yesterday. The U.S. predicted to reach a peak in cases by January 9th, actually. And what they're predicting is that we'll see between 2.5 million to 5.4 million new cases per week in another few days. New crime stats are out for the Big Apple. This may not surprise you, and they actually haven't risen to these levels in five years. New data out for 2021. It shows spikes in almost every single major crime category. Now, those major crime categories are murder, rape, robbery, felony assault, burglary, grand larceny, and grand larceny auto. These major crime categories top 100,000 incidents. Now, that's for the first time since 2016. Felony assaults, too, surpassing 22,000 incidents for the first time since 2001. Now, that represents a 9.8% jump from 2020. Murders up to 486 in 2021 compared to 468 in 2020. Now, New York City's Mayor Eric Adams, of course, as you know, former cop, promises to reverse the trend of these spiking numbers. He was on ABC's This Week Sunday. The balance is not just heavy-handed policing. It's public safety and justice. What we do uh, long-term and what we do right now, we're going to go after gangs. We're going to take down some of the large gangs in our city. Whenever you see a shooting takes pla- take place, look at the next line, gang-related. All right. So Adams has told his new police administration led by new top cop Keychant Sewell to create a blueprint for policing so that can be uh, so successful that it could be copied in other major cities. Now, the only major category that showed an actual decline burglary, which decreased 18 percent from 2020 to 2021. However, it was still up 17 percent compared to pre-pandemic figures from 2019. Of course, we're working our way to the Bernie and Sid in the morning program. Sit out there. I can hear him out in the hallway. And uh, there is even more controversy. This may not surprise you. Surrounding Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez, AOC of the Bronx. Yesterday, we told you about her going maskless at a drag bar down in Florida. Now, AOC's Former communications director tore into President Joe Biden over the weekend. It's Corbin Trent. 
Trent worked in AOC's congressional office, and then he worked in her re-election campaign before abruptly departing in March 2020. Now, Trent told Politico that Biden is deeply unpopular and vulnerable to a left-wing primary challenge. Now, Trent also called the 79-year-old commander-in-chief old as something that I can't say here on the radio, but it begins with the letter S. And uh, Trent also predicting, yeah, let your imagination run wild, right? He's also predicting that Biden will get Democrats demolished in this year's November midterms. Trent co-founded the progressive group Justice Democrats, which guided Ocasio-Cortez to her stunning upset victory against former New York Democrat Representative Joe Crowley. Well, there was a new report out Monday, and it suggests, listen to this, that West Virginia Senator Joe Manchin could vote in favor of President Joe Biden's Build Back Better bill. And, of course, this uh, possibility faces the, the uh, fact that Manchin uh, sent this down to uh, a stunning defeat when he was on a Sunday news talk show and said he wasn't going to vote for it. Now, reportedly, Manchin may consider voting in favor of Build Back Better if Democrats either cut out or severely limit the bill's enhanced child care tax credit extension. Sources told Axios that Manchin is willing to talk about the $1.75 trillion package provisions on things like climate change and those child care measures. Now, Here's what White House Press Secretary Jen Psaki had to say about that yesterday. I would say that um, the president, uh, of course, wants to extend the child tax credit. Uh, That's something he has spoken to. We know that it was a significant contributor to cutting in half the child poverty rate. I'm obviously not going to negotiate from here, uh, but, um, you know, he doesn't think compromise is a dirty word either. All right. So Manchin hasn't actually, uh, you know, talked about or responded to this Axios report. But this boost that we're talking about would raise the child tax benefit from $2,000 per child up to $3,600 for children under six. It expired last week at the end of 2021. Now, uh, the moderate Democrat delivered a death blow to Senate Majority Leader Chuck Schumer's goal of passing the president's agenda before the end of the year after Manchin announced on Fox News Sunday, as I was telling you about, that he couldn't vote for the social and climate spending package. More news about Schumer, too. He is threatening to bring up changes to the U.S. Senate rules to scale back the filibuster if the chamber does not act on an election reform package by then. Now, this change of past would allow Dems to pass through voting rights changes on a simple majority. Now, that all hinges on whether or not they could get support from all 50 members of their caucus. Schumer accused Republicans of warping supermajority requirements and of weaponization of rules meant to protect the rights of the minority. In state after state, Republican-led legislatures are approving the most draconian voter registration laws that we've seen since segregation. And they're doing it on an entirely partisan basis. So Schumer, Let me repeat that. Republicans at the state level Sorry, are Chuck? passing the most egregious restrictions on voting rights that we have seen since segregation, and they are doing it on an entirely partisan basis. All right. So maybe somebody should step on Chuck Schumer, who in 2017 opposed barring use of the filibuster for Supreme Court nominees 
pointed to the early days of the Republican. He also invoked the January 6th Capitol riot, too. President Joe Biden came out for a filibuster carve out for voting rights right before Christmas, too. Oh, blast old man winter crippling parts of the country. The National Weather Service reporting that over 14 inches of snow fell in parts of Virginia, 13 inches in Maryland, more than eight inches of snow fell crippling Washington, D.C. Of course, we didn't see much snow yesterday here in the city or out on Long Island. As for South Jersey, though, different story. Central and southern Delaware and Jersey Shore points up to 10 inches of snow fell. And uh, actually 13 reported in some areas I had heard to uh, North Jersey, the city and Long Island pretty much uh, unscathed, too, although we did have a 40 to 50 percent chance of snow yesterday. Well, right now we have a 110 percent chance of hearing about sports from Justin Alex, who is locked and loaded and ready to go. Thanks, Deb. Yes, you do have an 110. I would even venture to say 115 percent chance of getting sports from me. I am Justin Alex. With your early news sports update, week 17 of NFL football closed out last night between the 7-8 and eight Cleveland Browns and the 7-7-1 seven, seven and one Pittsburgh Steelers in the Steel City in what was likely his final home game at Heinz Field. Big Ben Roethlisberger helped keep the Steelers' playoff hopes alive as he led them to a 26-14 win against Baker Mayfield and the underwhelming Browns this season. Looking forward to next weekend and the final regular season uh, week of NFL football here in New York. The Giants are set to host a Washington football team at MetLife, and the Jets will be in Buffalo to close out the season against the Bills. Now, former Tampa Bay Buccaneer Antonio Brown is apparently extending his stay in New York City as he was seen courtside last night in Brooklyn to watch John Morant and the Memphis Grizzlies edge out the Nets 118-104. to Morant led all scoring with 36 points on 14 of 22 from the field. The Knickerbockers had the night off last night, but will be at home uh, in MSG tonight to battle the Indiana Pacers. That tip-off is scheduled for 7.30 p.m. Eastern. Over to the ice where the Rangers skated with the Edmonton Oilers last night. The Blue Shirts continue to roll as they handed the Oilers their fourth straight loss with a 4-1 to win at home. The Rags will be in Las Vegas on Thursday night to face off against the Golden Knights. The Devils of New Jersey took a breather last night as well, but are set to return to action against the Bruins in Boston tonight. That game is locked in for a 7 p.m. start time. A precarious situation in Long Island as the Islanders are in the midst of a nearly two-week-long hiatus. With three of their next four games against Canadian opponents, the Isles won't play again until next Thursday due to Canadian COVID regulations. They'll make the short trip to New Jersey to take on the Devils when that time comes. That's your early news sports update, and I'm Justin Ellick on 77 WABC. All right, thanks, Justin. Good to hear hockey's getting back, and let's take a check on the roads and traffic with Susie Cerrone. Alternate side of the street, parking rules in effect today. Five minutes at the George Lincoln or Holland heading into the city. Picking up in Brooklyn on the northbound BQA up to Cadman Plaza. That's about a five-minute delay. So far, so good on the Deegan, the LIE through Queens. Five minutes at the Hudson River Crossings heading into the city. Quite along the Garden State Parkway. Be careful in Yorktown. Apparently, it's pretty icy on 202 in both directions by Pine Grove Court. No problems on the New York State Thruway. I'm Susie Cerrone on Talk Radio 77. WABC. All right, and your forecast from the Ramsey Mazda Weather Center. Sunshine today, not too warm, though. The high only 36. We'll see a few increase in clouds overnight and a low of 32. Temps in the low 20s right now, so make sure you bundle up and bring your gloves and your scarf and your hat out there so you can stay warm. The masked man is back with a look at business. Frank Diaz. You know what that means. It's, it's starting to get to actual winter temperatures now, so, you know, I definitely have to bundle up. 
Well, U.S. stock futures are higher in early morning trade. Early morning trading this morning after the Dow Industrial Average and the S&P 500 notched new record closes on the first trading day of 2022. Dow futures rose 53 points. The S&P 500 gained 0.22 percent, and the Nasdaq 100 rose about 0.32 percent. On Monday, the major averages rose, lifted by the technology sector. The Dow Jones Industrial Average added about 246 points to close at a record. The S&P 500 also registered a gain, climbing at 0.6% to close at an all-time high. The Nasdaq Composite was the relative outperformer, gaining 1.2% with those tech-heavy stocks like Meta Platforms, Amazon, and Google, who all closed in the green. Well, Apple Monday became the first company in the world to be worth more than $3 trillion. That is a lot of moolah. To put that into context, if Apple were a country, it'd be the fifth largest economy in the world, trailing Germany but ahead of the United Kingdom. Apple's market capitalization first touched $1 trillion in August 2018 and passed $2 trillion two years later in August of 2020. It took just 16 months for the iPhone maker to add another $1 trillion to its market value. The stock posted impressive gains of more than 40% over the past year, outpacing the broader market, which gained around 29% over the same time frame. The company shares hit about $182.86 to reach the milestone at midday trading on Monday. At the end of the trading day, shares had gone down to about $182 and a penny. Now, the average price of a used car in the United States has soared to unprecedented heights in the past year, spurred by COVID-related carmaker closures and obviously a global shortage of microchips needed to hawk the pre-owned heaps. Data compiled by car inventory company Edmonds shows that as of November, the price used for a used vehicle in the States is just over $29,000, a dizzying 39% more than the average cost of roughly 20000 just 12 months prior. I mean, that's a lot of money for a used car. I feel like I've seen some for a couple more thousand Man, everybody's saying they're having trouble even finding a use. I that's, can't believe it's up that much. That's, wow. That's wild. That's wild. I know. The increase experts say can be attributed to the widespread closures car makers face during the height of the pandemic. Meanwhile, of course, Tesla seemingly unaffected by the crisis after CEO Elon Musk fought to keep his factories open amid the pandemic. And on Sunday, he announced that he delivered nearly a million vehicles last year, capping an 87% increase from the year before. Frank, I think there are going to be a lot of price gouging investigations after all of this COVID business I, 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 is said I could, and done. I could see that. I mean, $20,000 for a used car. I feel like for that much, you might as well just buy a brand new one. Yeah, exactly. If <laughs> you can find one. All right. So uh, more news about uh, disgraced former New York Governor Democrat Andrew Cuomo. The Manhattan DA's office has now dropped a probe into the disgraced former governor. Of course, as you might remember, he resigned back in August of last year after State Attorney General Letitia James scathing report found he sexually harassed uh, several women. So now this uh, probe out of the Manhattan D's office uh, surrounded allegations uh, that Cuomo mishandled nursing home deaths and uh, during the initial or mishandled nursing homes during the initial coronavirus outbreak. So the Manhattan prosecutor's office, of course, now headed by the new D.A. there, Alvin Bragg, uh, declining comment on this. The probe was actually initiated, you might remember, by ex-D.A. Cyrus Vance Jr., Jr., the long D.A. time D.A. here in the Big Apple. His term ended New Year's Eve and it was actually 
under Vance that the investigation was quashed. That happened last Thursday. Cuomo had faced fierce criticism for a March 25th, 2020 directive by his health department. That directive ordered nursing homes to admit infected patients after they were discharged from hospitals with uh, independent reports claiming the policy caused more deaths. 552 here at 77 WABC. Well, we have a New Year's promise from New York City's new mayor, Democrat Eric Adams, says he is bringing swagger back to New York City. On day three, as Mayor Adams declared on Monday that he'll bring swagger back to the Big Apple that was missing during the COVID-19 pandemic under former Mayor Bill de Blasio. I'm going to tell you what's going to happen day to day. We are staying open. We're going to to do everything that we have to do to keep our schools open. And I know there's questions about staffing. I know there's questions about testing. There's a lot of questions. But we're going to turn those question marks into an exclamation point. We're staying open. All right. So part of his wanting to bring back swagger to the city, Adams wants to keep businesses open and schools open as well. He took the opportunity to give a shout out to New York's banks and other big employers to bring their employees back to the city. So many skyscrapers just empty. And uh, Adams, of course, also pledging not to close public schools. Uh, The new policy in place is that students who are learning alongside COVID-19 positive classmates that can actually stay in school if they test negative using scaled-up at-home testing. The plan went into effect actually Monday. And uh, the new mayor also said City Hall has doled out more than one and a half million rapid tests to schools throughout the five boroughs. New York's Governor Kathy Hochul proposing what is called the so-called Cuomo rule. And her proposed Cuomo rule would actually ban statewide elected officials from being able to earn outside income. This all stems from disgraced ex-Governor Andrew Cuomo's pocketing $5.1 bucks on his bestseller, American Crisis. Of course, his book about the COVID-19 crisis now. If passed, the Cuomo rule would apply to Hochul, the lieutenant governor, state attorney general, and state comptroller. The income ban would include, though, an exemption for lawmakers who are serving in things like academic positions who got prior approval from the state ethics board. So this new rule, if it passes, would require an amendment to New York's constitution. A group of New York City teachers has actually sued to force the restart of remote learning. Of course, a lot of parents and student staff don't want to hear this, but this uh, group of unionized New York City public school teachers actually went behind the back of New York City's new mayor. Eric Adams. Adams has vowed to keep, of course, public schools, as you just heard, open despite surging Omicron cases. And this uh, teacher's lawsuit was actually filed in Manhattan Supreme Court on Thursday. It is from 11 teachers, members of the union caucus, UFT Solidarity. They petitioned for remote, remote learning through January 18th, reason being to give students and staff the opportunity to get tested for the virus and to get those test results. And uh, DOT spokesperson Katie O'Hanlon weighing in on this. She called the case meritless and doubled down on the choice to keep schools open. And of course, a suit just 10 days before classes resume Monday with increased testing following the winter break. 
Well, some political and business leaders are resisting new lockdown measures partially to keep the economy rolling as Omicron surges on Sunday. President Biden unveiled his plan for combating the Omicron spike, his plan including guidance for things like booster shots for all adults. The president's plan including proposals for things like paid time off, promises of free at-home tests and more restrictive travel protocols. Uh, of course, this comes weeks into the variant and uh, New York City Mayor Eric Adams, apparently, of course, one of those who just simply wants to keep things rolling and moving here in New York City. We place test kits in every school in the Department of Education. So when the teachers and staff and principals return, they had to test kits on the ground. Seamless coordination of how city agencies are supposed to come together to do what I say all the time, what my administration is going to be known for, GSD, get stuff done. All right. And the Starbucks among the businesses refusing to shutter its stores, they say they will require all workers to get vaccinated or to have weekly tests. Right now, the U.S. averaging over 413,000 new cases in just the past seven days and 1,350 new deaths over that same time period, the past seven days. The seven day average is the highest throughout the entire COVID pandemic. All right, 557 here at 77 WABC. Let's get a check on the roads and the rails with Susie Cerrone. Seeing heavy delays on the LIE westbound from before the Cross Island, just after the Grand Central Parkway. No issues on the Deegan, the Cross Bronx as well. Alternate side of the street, parking rules in effect today. Five minutes at the George Lincoln or Holland Tunnel. We do have a problem in Connecticut, an overturned tractor trailer in Newtown, 84 eastbound at exit 11. You've got the left lane blocked. I'm Susie Cerrone on Talk Radio 77 WABC. All right. Thanks, Susie. And your forecast from the Ramsey Mazda Weather Center calling for sunshine today. Not too warm, though. The high is 36, increasing clouds overnight. The low right at the freezing mark of 32 degrees. A couple more stories to tell you about as we work our way to 6 o'clock and the Bernie and Sid in the Morning program. Tragedy in Brooklyn. A woman and her pit bull apparently innocently shot, but yet police don't quite yet know the investigations ongoing uh, if this woman was targeted or not. So this woman and her pit bull shot dead at the Salem Smoke Shop and Lottery Corps. That's on DeKalb Avenue in the Bed-Stuy neighborhood. This went down on Sunday night. It is now the second murder of 2022 here in the five boroughs, following a year of the highest number of homicides in 10 years. So this woman and her pit bull shot dead at the store Sunday night in what uh, is the second murder of 2021. This woman's name, Jennifer Enoa. She died at a hospital after a man approached the door of this place of business, pointed a gun at her from outside of the store. It is unclear if the gunman was trying to target her or somebody else inside of that shop, the Salem Smoke Shop and Lottery Corps in DeKalb Avenue in the Bed-Stuy neighborhood on Sunday night. This whole thing still under investigation. The killing comes as New York City reported a total of 481 murders through December 30th. That is up 468 in 2021, and it's the highest since 2011's 500. 
115 murders. 559 here at 77 WABC. Deb Valentine with the early news and taking another look at your forecast from the Ramsey Mazda Weather Center. If you are heading out the door, not too bad of a day today. Sunshine, our high today is 36. Overnight, we will see a few increasing clouds with a low of 32. All right, we are coming up to the Bernie and Sid in the Morning program. Stay with us. I see Sid is here mulling around the hallway. Bernie usually is down in a studio down the hallway at the 77 WABC studios doing all of his prep work. So here they come. Stay with us. Deb Valentine in with the early news. We'll see you bright and early tomorrow morning, 5 a.m.